Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, F. King Alexander, the president of California State University, Long Beach, as we continue our 20th anniversary year. Closed captioning provided by Scan Health Plan. in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America land of freedom is still the home of the brave. Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire evening is the president of California State University, Dr. F. King Alexander. President Alexander, welcome back to our show. It's great to be back, Art. Let me mention that in addition to our normal broadcast cities, this show will be webcast throughout the world uh, during graduation week, May 23rd, 25th, and we welcome our viewers in countries throughout the world. Uh, President Alexander, uh, we're going to talk about good news and bad news tonight on the show, but let's first talk about the good news vis-a-vis -vis Long Beach State and higher education. Well, you know, th this time of year is so wonderful for uh, our campus because our focus is to graduate our students, not just to enroll the thousands and thousands of students that we have, but, but we're going to graduate around 9,100 graduates that are going into the economy that will help build a new economy. And when you talk to our students and when you interact with our students, there's a breath of optimism that they give us that you don't see in the newspapers. You don't read it. You don't see it on the TV stations. But our students really are truly optimistic about what can be accomplished, the new ideas they have to put in the economy. And I have complete confidence that we're going to come out of this as the world's best economy. And it's because of these kids and these students that we've invested in and now that they're graduating and going in, they're going to create a whole new economy. And under your leadership, uh, the beach has become the hot university. We had over 70,000 applications for 6,000 places. Everyone wants to go to the beach. And, of course, our basketball team isn't doing so badly either. Well, it, it certainly, I'm a little worried because even without being having such a great basketball year, um, we had 78,000 applications for fall admission. 
Um, now that we've been televised 14 times nationally and people have recognized us from the New York Times to, to Sports Illustrated, um, that's going to dump up another 10,000 <laughs> applications into the mix. So it, it's going to be tough to help as many students as that, that, that want to go to college, but uh, it's a good problem to have for our university. It is, and we're providing the programs and the faculty and the beautiful environment that just attract students to our campus versus the other 23 campuses in the CSU system. Well, it's the other 23. It's also the other 10 UCs that I get calls all the time from students who got into a number of UCs, but unfortunately we couldn't we didn't have the funding to allow them to come into our campus. So we, they're coming from everywhere. Yeah. And it, 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 once again, it's a good problem to have for a university. Uh, the challenge is that there's so many students that need a higher education. And if our state's not willing to invest in them, we're gonna be basically restricting or rationing the opportunities that we're providing for the next generation of students. And yet, despite the rather substantial increases in tuition over these last several years, the good news is that our tuition is still less than the average public and significantly less than private institutions. Well, the average private is hitting around 26,000 a year. The average public this year is 8,500 and we're at 6,300. We're considerably below the national average. But more importantly, we, we rank well in so many things, but the most important ranking that I think is the one that Kiplinger, Kiplinger Magazine did last spring. It showed that our university is the number one university in America to, to attend if you want to graduate with the least amount of student debt. Yes. And, and that is a remarkable uh, achievement thanks to our faculty and our staff. And I, we just hope the public understands there are drastic differences between the hundred universities out there that charge over 50000 a year and then the universities like ours who are well below the, even the public national average were roughly around six thousand dollars debt to a student graduating it can be a six-figure debt yeah. and you come into the world and perhaps there aren't the jobs that you thought because of the economy and you're faced with this debt which by the way is non-dischargeable in bankruptcy now mm -hmm. and uh, it's an albatross it is a huge albatross and uh... it, it is saddling 70, in this nation, 70% of the students are graduating with debt. And they're graduating with an average of almost $30,000 worth of debt. Only one out of three of our students graduate in debt, 30%, and they graduate with less than half of that average of that 30%. And it is a huge albatross that this country has to come to grips with, and at least the President of the United States understands this dilemma and others are starting to understand what a major issue this truly is. And we continue to be rated as best in the West in, in, in several uh, national magazines. We're just about every rating we know that, that, that has any value, we're certainly right in the mix. And more importantly, last, last summer, five universities were identified as being the five best universities in the United States in Washington, D.C. by edu Education Trust as being the best universities to go to if you're a low-income student that has an opportunity to graduate and graduate with the least amount of student debt. And there are only five they could find and identify, and we were one of them, and we were asked to give a congressional testimony on how we're able to do this successfully in this period of time. Well, uh, despite the cutbacks in funding, which we'll be talking about in the next segment, uh, there is this good news. And, and, and very quickly, uh, I know that you take great pride in the fact that our student athletes also graduate. Yeah, in fact, our student-athletes are three public universities in California who've met the NCAA standard for graduation. 
and they've met it for the last five years. And it's, it's UCLA, it's, it's Cal Berkeley, and us. We have, all of our coaches have made sure that every one of our student athletes are graduating and on track to graduate. And we're not doing what a lot of the other universities around the country are, are doing, which is bringing in students, playing ball and not finishing, or playing their sports and One not and finishing. out. One and out, as the University of Kentucky clearly yeah, yeah. shows. <laughs> it's a different model. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in the next segment, we'll be talking about some of the challenges and actually some of the bad news. And this is something that affects us all because if we short our students, we're shorting our country and our future. We'll be right back after these messages. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on, we're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life, powered by Edison. I want to improve my career opportunities. I want to earn a higher salary at my job. I'd like to finish what I started. The new Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts degree completion program at Cal State Long Beach will help you achieve your educational goals while keeping your life in balance. Contact our customer service center at 1-800-963-2250 for more information or visit us on the web. Let CSULB help you finish what you started. In today's world, everything's connected. From the workplaces that support us, to the homes that welcome us, to the trees and wildlife habitats that remind us how important our environment is. When a bird lands on a branch, and in the midst of a busy day, we stop to watch. It makes us realize we're all in the same boat. The Port of Long Beach welcomes this world with open arms, an environmental policy that's second to none, and a commitment to shaping a vibrant community. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. conversation with the president of California State University, Long Beach, F. King Alexander, talking about some harsh realities. In the first segment, we looked at some of the good things, but uh, the state budget has not been kind to higher education. Give us your macro view of, of what's happening. Well, higher education has been easy to cut for California. So in the last 18 months, we've de dealt with about a 35% reduction in state support. So we're now down to about 20 We've gone from 40% of our revenues coming from the state and the common taxpayers to 21% wow. in, in about a two-year period. That puts significant challenges on our students and significant challenges on our faculty and staff. And when you're getting 78,000 applications, we're enrolling 6,000 of those, not 9,000 of those. So we've had to cut access to our campus. We've significantly cut it out. We've cut access out. Um, I'm worried about time to degree, whether we can maintain the graduation rate success we've, we've actually achieved in the previous years. 
And I'm more concerned with just the lack of focus and lack of effort on the part of the state legislature and others. They seem to be more interested in Medicaid and Medicare, they're more interested in prisons, and less interested in the next generation children in our public schools and students in our higher education. If students. we short our, our kids, we're shorting our future and our country. That, there, there is a significant difference in investing in our children and students and then just spending money on an aging population. And California is caught up in a difficult web, a difficult cycle where we're spending less on higher education today based on the tax wealth of this state. We're spending less than we did in every year except we have to go back to 1965. Even though we've got more students and the fact of the matter is even states like Kentucky, West Virginia, we may, Mississippi, Arkansas, and spending New Mexico, more than us. based on the wealth of their capacity, are spending more on their students than we are in California. And people ought to be concerned and even shamed at that. Yeah. And here's a startling statistic that the student loan debt for the first time in the United States has surpassed credit card debt. We are saddling our graduates, not at Long Beach State, as you pointed out earlier, but, but nationwide, with this huge debt to get their education. It, it, that's just a manifestation of the transfer, the sort of the, the social transfer of public investment. We're going, we're investing more on the aging population of America and investing less on our students and telling our students that it's their benefit, their responsibility, they ought to figure a way to come up with the money. And that's what that student debt data, that's what the latest student debt data show you. And maybe it's because ARP is such a powerful uh, lobbying force and, and maybe it's because elder people tend to vote more than students. We need to get students more engaged in the political process. Uh, unfortunately, I've told our students over and over again that they're going to have to enter, the po enter politics much sooner. Otherwise, their siblings themselves, others, are going to be f spending most of their time working to provide the benefits for the aging generation versus the benefits that build an economy and invest in societies all over California and the nation. And this has uh, national security implications because we are competing with the China and India and countries throughout the world uh, in this 21st century. And the competition is going to be economic and brain power. And if we're not graduating the students and maximizing our human resources, not to mention the importance to each individual, this has some national security implications. Yeah, exactly. And, and in fact, the, the, the international numbers concern me even more because in 2003, we ranked second in the world in terms of our younger generation having college degrees. And within just the last decade alone, we're now 11th. Wow. And even Poland has a higher uh, graduation rate of younger population and going to college rates. So they're investing in higher education and in education while we're disinvesting and, and disinvesting in at the state level primarily because it's a national issue, but California is certainly setting the tempo on disinvesting in our students. How do we address this? How do we uh, uh, make the legend? I think the people seem to understand it. The students certainly understand it. The parents understand it. How come the legislature doesn't understand it? We've talked many times on this show about the dysfunctional state legislature. And here's something that is so important. You correctly call it investment for the future. How come they don't get it? 
Well, I, I think we're, we're, in a, we're in a vicious cycle where re-election is far more important than investing in the next generation. And I think our legislators and many throughout the country uh, at the national level and others are far more worried about being re-elected than they are about what's going to happen to the next generation of children and students. California has the largest teacher, student teacher ratio in the public schools in the nation. It's 39 to 1 in California and the nation's 23 to 1. Ultimately, that's going to impact everybody. The fact that we have twice the class sizes and it already is impacting our universities. But society is going to feel the ultimate pain of that down the road. And we've got to make sure that our legislators understand that the future economy has more to do with what's coming through the pipeline at the beginning than it does what's currently the current issues of the day. Yeah. It's tough to get legislators to look long term when their focus is short term and more precisely yeah. as you say their next election. Okay, we'll be back and uh, have some suggestions for the future in the next segment. Stay with us. <laughs> Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Belfar, Long Beach. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh, no! All right, you little trail sniffer. I've been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, Dog. I'm totally naked right now. We're back with our conversation with President Alexander. Our guest was one of eight presidents invited to meet with the President of the United States on December 4th in the Roosevelt Room of the White House. He is a nationally recognized expert on this subject. Tell us about that experience. Well, I think that's a real credit to our university because they identified eight universities that they thought were doing a good job at keeping, remaining affordable, keeping students out of debt, and being efficient in what we do. So we were there to sort of advise the president on good practices and good policies and how we're able to do it when so many other institutions have run up costs, they've run up expenditures. And it was a wonderful two-hour meeting with the president. And uh, he was very engaging. It was his main concern. He had two main concerns. One was that 
he doesn't want to turn out a generation of students in massive debt, number one. Number two is that he thinks that there are institutions doing a good job and many that haven't paid any attention to doing a good job, as well as states doing a good job in investing like North Carolina and states that are rapidly disinvesting like California. And so this higher education initiative continues and you, you personally and other presidents continue to meet with uh, top White House higher education staff. That's right. And when I've been back in Washington on three separate occasions, we've had private meetings in the executive office building with uh, the White House Policy Analyst Group, a small group that are focused on developing new higher education policies that hold states, states and universities accountable. Um, that, that is the, the real key, states and universities accountable for what they're doing with regard to costs of higher education. And one of the efforts is uh, MOE, maintenance of effort, that states need to maintain their funding or risk losing federal assistance. That's exactly right. Um, I think one key element in all this is to make sure that the, the federal government was supposed to augment what states do for higher education back in 1970 when this whole concept developed. But what's happened is the federal government has become the main primary supplier of, of revenues while states have removed themselves from the responsibility. So the goal in maintenance of effort provisions is to attach federal money to state behavior. And if states disinvest when the federal government is still they're, investing, they're not gonna make they, the they lose federal money. Yeah. And recently we've seen Alabama and Michigan lose federal dollars because they have kept cutting higher education while insisting the federal government give them money for it. Well, let me education. ask the obvious question. Is California in danger of losing federal money? California is indeed in danger of losing federal money. And if, if we have our way with this, we, we actually will, will try to attach more money and more pressure and more leverage on the state legislature to realize that if they c further cut our students and cut their investment in our students, they're going to lose a ton of federal money, not just a little bit, but a heck of a lot. Let's look at the, at the macro picture for a second. Uh, you mentioned uh, before we went on air that America is one of two countries in the 30 industrialized countries of the world where the older generation is better educated than the younger. That is really quite a statistic. Yeah, and the, the rest of our com economic competitors really decided higher education was the key to the future and about 1990. We decided that about 1960 we'd start investing, so we were well ahead of them. But what we've done has been treading, we've been treading water for the last 25 years, 25 to 30 years, as our states have been backing out of their responsibilities. So as our states have been backing out, our competitors from Canada to Australia to England to, to, to France to other places have been investing in creating new institutions, creating greater access, creating greater e egalitarian systems to where we've fallen significantly in the world in the world charts from first to eleventh as I mentioned in access and this is the biggest concern that the president has is that we've got to somehow get back on top of the world by 2020 and right now we're not getting there. So we're pulling money out of education but as you mentioned earlier don't we don't touch Medicare uh, this is a sacred cow because the elders and ARP will come screaming and your line about uh, this, what the, was it? The, 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 same, <laughs> the, same people, the same people wanted free drugs in the 60s or the same people want free drugs today. Well, that, that is precious. <laughs> but, but that's, you don't touch, that's the third rail. You don't touch Medicare. For some we reason, nobody. That. We protect that. And the problem is there are only two countries of the 30 OECD countries now that have a better educated older generation than younger generation. And it's and it's and we're one of them. You know, the American dream and promise always was 
that each generation would have a better standard of living, more opportunity, more access than the previous. And yet, certainly in education, that's being flipped. Uh, uh, kids are not living in homes as big or spacious yeah. as their parents. The middle class is shrinking. Something's well, happened to the American dream. The road to the middle class was education. And then higher education was paving that way into social mobility. Right now, if you want social mobility, you're more likely to see it in most European countries than you are in the United States. Wow. And this nation was built on social mobility. Yes. And you put it out on last year's show, had the GI Bill, which was done just to thank our veterans, turned out to be an economic generator of huge proportions. It created an entirely new economy because we educated veterans and GIs who then created a whole new job market and industries all over America, and it set a model and an example of what education can do in the human capital arena. We really need to rethink our priorities as a country. Well, you know, we're going to either in, we're gonna educate our kids and students or we're going to incarcerate them, and we need to prioritize one or the other. And it costs more, 50000 a year, to keep someone in prison than to send them even to Harvard. In fact, California spends about 55000 a year to incarcerate a prisoner when we receive about 4500 to educate a student. Wow. And here's a little quote that I think is relevant. If you think education is expensive, try ignorance. That's exactly right. I mean, that's, that's the challenge that we're facing. We've got to reprioritize as a state and a nation because the other countries we're competing with have reprioritized and they're, they're advancing so much faster than we are as we tread water and start losing ground. And our failures to invest today will kick in, already has, but it will certainly kick in more as we go down the yeah, road. That, that, will only, that will only cost us so much more down the road in lack of new jobs, lack of new industry, lack of new job creation, and all the social costs that will yes. be associated with those, those lack of opportunities. Okay, we'll be back with the remaining portions of Straight Talk after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks and oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore.
Take care of those who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. President Alexander, we just have 30 seconds. This show is being broadcast, webcast throughout the world during graduation week. What would you like to say to the parents of our students all over the world? I'd just like to thank them all and thank them for everything they've done. Graduating students is, is, is not just our initiative and our city's initiative, but it's everybody. It's a family, of, a family affair. And getting them to this threshold is absolutely essential to their economic stability for a lifetime. So to all the parents and family members that, that have done so much for their kids, that have put their faith in them and invested in them, that have actually helped us get them to this point. I'd like to congratulate each and every one of them. And we know they're gonna be doing amazing things all over the world and we can't wait to see them unleash their human capital potential on the world to change the world for the better of all. There you go. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for joining us. Thank you at home for watching and please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.